If you find the work done by Unfound to be important, please support this podcast at Patreon, PayPal, or YouTube. Camille Dorothy Dardanes was a 30-year-old from Las Vegas, Nevada. She was the mother of one and a bit famous in the late 1980s. On September 3rd, 1994, Camille was last seen during the day walking on Casino Center Boulevard in Las Vegas after spending the night in the detention center. She was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. The Beatles first sang about it, then there was Joe Cocker, then a band called Wet, 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 hey, this is a family show, and a duo, Sam and Mark, and there were many others mixed in. Yeah, that song about getting uh, assistance from friends. We can all relate, right? No matter if it's getting a ride to the airport or something more serious like emotional support after the death of a loved one. For disappearances, we've seen this play out as many people who aren't family members get deeply and constructively involved in these cases. For example, Sherry and Kelly, neighbors of Marion Hurley. Janet, for the disappearance of Jamie Bowen. Amy, for Teresa Butler's case. Then there are people like two-time guest Joe Kistner, the type who didn't know the missing people at all and still choose to lend time and effort. Well, with the disappearance of Camille Dardanes, the case sat dormant for many years. Then somebody, a complete stranger, got involved, showing all the investigation needed was a little help. And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Lyness's website, charlieproject.org. Camille Dardanes had a pretty normal upbringing in Chicago, Illinois. In her 20s, though, things started to get interesting. Camille fell in love with a guy who was in jail for rape, Gary Dotson. Miraculously, his victim recanted her testimony from years before and he was set free. Camille and Gary met and got married. They were a national sensation in the late 1980s because of this. They had a daughter. Then things changed. Gary became abusive. Camille, with her daughter, fled to Las Vegas to live with her mother. There, the situation got worse as Camille began stripping and prostituting herself along with getting married to another abusive man. Drugs also became an issue. So, and until just a few years ago, the only information on Camille's disappearance was that she was last seen walking in Las Vegas near downtown on September 3rd, 1994 alone, and that Camille then failed to appear for a court date on September 26th, 1994. She was never seen again. Yet, new paperwork has now come to light, showing that the day before this last sighting, 
Camille was busted with a man, Kiko, who was not her husband, at his place for cocaine possession. They were sent to the Clark County Detention Center, which just happens to be on the same street that had been documented for years as the last place Camille had been seen, finally adding a lot of context and truth to that sighting. Yes, you are not imagining things. Two weeks in a row that my former home of Las Vegas plays a role in the proceedings. This week, though, we can be sure Camille disappeared from there. Contemplate the role Las Vegas' culture might have had in her disappearance as you also try to answer these three questions during the interview. Number one, is it possible that Camille didn't go missing for several days, if not a couple weeks, after she got released from the detention center? Number two, do Kiko's words years later ring true because he mentions Camille's husband, Cruz, when questioned about the disappearance? And number three, Does a completely separate crime in which a man narrowly escaped death offer hope in trying to piece the circumstances of Camille's disappearance together? Camille's family has always believed she was murdered. The guests for this episode are Camille's daughter, Ashley Dardanes Padilla, and independent investigator, Gabrielle Prue. Unfound News Be looking for the next Unfound Now episode on the YouTube channel. I've not picked out the disappearance yet, but it will be one that has occurred within the past couple of months. Next, sadly, another unfound disappearance has been resolved. Electrical workers clearing power lines found Brandon Barron's remains. Location was only 200 feet from where he was last seen. You will hear my further insights on the update episode at the end of December. Finally, the good Dr. Telesco and I are getting together again next Thursday, November 30th at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Fischler College of Education and School of Criminal Justice YouTube channel. We will be discussing the disappearances of Keith Call and Sandra Haley. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the daughter of Camille Dardanes, Ashley Dardanes Padilla. Ashley, welcome to Unfound. Thank you. All right, let's get started here as we usually do when we have family members. Just talk about um, what you remember about your family. We realized that when your mother went missing, you were very young, but what do you remember about her, uh, you know, what, what are some memories that, that come to mind, uh, back at that time? Uh, there's, there's not a whole lot, but she was fun and funny and silly Mm -hmm. and loving and cuddly. Um, but she was also gone a lot because I was living with my grandma. Um, And then like the other memories are very sporadic and random um, and visiting her in jails. Right. And what maybe we should put on the record, how old were you when she went missing? Seven. Seven. 
Okay. And your family got started in Chicago, right? But eventually you and she found yourselves in Las Vegas, right? Correct. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. And let's talk, uh, you know, we have to talk about this because, you know, your mother uh, in the 1980s was a little bit of a, a celebrity. She had been interviewed quite a bit for something that went on. Let's just get that out of the way right now. It had to do with how she and your father met. Why don't you give the listeners a little rundown on how that happened? Uh, according to my mom's diary entry, she saw him on TV and her friend said, do you know that guy? And she said, no, but I will. And he, my father was um, on TV because he was falsely accused and convicted of a rape that never happened um, in 1979. And he served six years in prison. And at the six year mark, uh, the lady who accused him recanted her story and no one believed her and thought that she was paid off and all of this. Um, mm -hmm. But then um, that was right when DNA was getting bigger. So my father was the first guy to ever be um, exonerated, exonerated by DNA. Um, wow. So wow. yeah, it was a huge thing. They had to put him in segregation um, because they were worried about what would happen to him with him getting out. Right. Um, so yeah, he served from the age of 19 to 25, I believe. And my mom went to the clemency hearing and she was standing outside the Daily Center in downtown Chicago. Mm -hmm. And she handed him a white carnation. And then they met up after at like a bar or something. Wow. It was that quick. Like almost like the same day that he got out of jail, she was waiting for him. Oh yeah. Quick. <laughs> wow. Okay. So this is 1985. And then you came along, I guess in 1987. Correct. You're, you're, uh, yeah. And uh, I'm showing my age. I was 17 at the time, 1987. <laughs> I remember it was a very good year. You were, I guess you were born that year, but for me personally, 1987, I remember it fondly. So that is how your parents met. That is, um, if I may ask, if you know, if you don't, what made this woman after those years, like recant her story? What, did she have a change of heart? Did she find Jesus? I mean, what, what happened? Do you know? She found Jesus. Is that right? Yeah, she um, was at she moved to Massachusetts and she was, I don't want to say the religion because I, I know it's one of these few, but I don't know which one. And yeah. she was telling her pastor about it. And her pastor said, I'll, I'll be right by your side, but you need to go to the authorities with this. And she did, but then nobody believed her. So she wrote a book about it and said she wanted all of the proceeds to go to my father, which it wasn't much. I think it was like around 20,000, but she did give it all to him. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And so he gets out of jail. Your mother meets him like the very same day. They start a relationship. They get married. They have you. And this all happens in Chicago. And... Yes. If you can say, I mean, what eventually happened? Obviously, this is this whirlwind romance, uh, something, you know, that, that like I said, I, I've seen the video of your mother 
being interviewed on some different shows about this back at the time. But what went wrong, B, if you can say, and you're, I think your father's still alive. I don't know if you're close to him or not, but if, your knowledge of what happened in their marriage, if you can say, just in general. Um, he is still around. Uh, we haven't talked in like 20 years, but oh, okay. he, according to a family member, he changed being in there. And he came out not a great person. Okay. So to give him the, the tiniest shred of he's my father. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine being in prison, especially for something that I didn't do. Right. And I can only imagine what it would do to me. Mm -hmm. But supposedly right. he became a person that he never was prior. Right. Yeah, not everything's like the Shawshank Redemption, right? Where a guy goes yeah. to for something he doesn't do and comes out like the same person, of course. That's just in the movies. So I got I guess what they say, the, the word that is used is they get institutionalized. There's something about being inside that hardens people. And that, yeah. that that's kind of what happened. Okay. All right. So eventually their marriage uh did fall apart. And did they actually get divorced? And what, what went on? What do you remember at this time and, and all that? What do you, what do you know? Um, all I know is there was never a divorce. There was a separation, but never a divorce. Um, and my mom took me at like three or four and we moved to Vegas to live with my grandma. Okay. And your grandmother had was already living there? Yep. She was. Uh, did she grow up there? Or is that someplace? Uh... No, my whole family, both sides are from Chicago, separate okay. sides of Chicago. One's white collar, the other side's blue collar, but okay. um, whole family's from Chicago. But no, my grandma moved there to become a rocket. <laughs> and this is also very, you know, I don't know if Ashley knows this, which maybe she does because she's seen my phone number when we've talked, but, you know, I did live in Las Vegas from 1998 to 2011. And also when I lived there, I worked in entertainment uh, oh. for most of the time there. So um, that's interesting. She moved to be a Rockette, I guess, maybe back in the 1970s or something then. No, I or think she moved in that. 80s i want to say um okay. i'm not entirely sure okay. she didn't live there too long before us i don't think okay. um but yeah she she tried out and stuff but um i can't remember what she said as to why she okay. didn't make it but she was she was sure tall enough okay. and legs for days okay so she moves there that didn't work out but she stayed there yep and she uh, your grandfather not there or deceased she's just living there alone yep my my grandma was very independent um my grandpa until he passed he stayed in chicago okay all right so what do you remember about once again i realized you were very young uh moving to las vegas your mother your father staying in uh the chicago area you moved to las vegas uh, you're very young and what can you tell me about that time don't really remember moving um, okay. I remember where we lived in Chicago just prior to moving. Um, I remember my mom's boyfriend from then who I've since reconnected with. Um, oh. but I don't really remember much. 
I, I don't, I remember okay. moving around to different apartments with my grandma, but that's about it. And okay. little snippets of my mom. Right. And, you know, given that I've talked to many children uh, of missing, who have missing parents, once them want many of them very young, like you, this is not unusual. Uh, you know, we've kind of established here on unfound that really memories that we take to be adults really don't stay with us until maybe we're four or five years old. You start asking somebody to remember, you know, do you remember that when you're three years old, that gets a little difficult, even for myself, you know, I have a pretty good memory. I start maybe thinking like I'm five years old. I can remember back to five years old or something like that. Okay. So we'll move on to this. Um, what exactly happened with your mother when she got to Las Vegas? She got, um, you know, she got into some very rough stuff uh, once she got there living uh, with your mother. You know, what do you know about that? How did that all happen? Not entirely sure how it started or happened. I know she experimented with different things out here um, from what Ellen told me, which is my mom's best friend. Okay. Um, but... I just, all I remember is there was different guys my mom was dating all the time and she would bring them by when she would come to see me. Um, and she uh, was in and out of jail and she was doing drugs and sex work. Okay. And these were things to your knowledge that she was not doing while she was in Chicago. This was all new when she got to Las Vegas or what? The drugs. No, those weren't new. I think the extent to which she did them was new. Okay. Um, but also she, I don't, I don't think she was working in, um, like strip clubs in Chicago. I think she was okay. more so like just bartending bars and clubs mm -hmm. and then she like it just kind of escalated and snowballed in vegas right and having lived there uh it's certainly if you have any things going on as far as vices or addictions uh, a place like vegas is just going to uh, magnify them uh even more and, you know and if you want to live there and do well that you know you have to really um control yourself having lived there for 13 and a half years you know i know all about that okay so she moves there and she starts doing uh, these things. And do you think that your, uh, of course, your grandmother was aware of this? Was there any attempt by your grandmother to, you know, talk to your? I mean, after, of course, your mother disappeared, you still have a relationship with your grandmother. Did you two ever talk about this at some point? Did your grandmother tr ever try to talk to Camille about this stuff and get her some help? Anything like that? Do you know? No, I know she, I know there was one time she talked to her because um, my grandma went in her purse for some reason and she found a gun and my grandma lost it on her. Like, what if Ashley would have gotten into it and all of that? So yeah, I know there was that conversation, but aside from that, I don't know. Okay. Okay. Very good. And we have to remember, once again, you were seven when she went missing in 1994. So these would not be the conversations you would ever have with your grandmother. And maybe until like 10 years later, like you're coming a, a young adult. And by that time, of course, her disappearance would have, you know, been 10 years in the past or something. So we have to keep that in mind. Okay. 
Who is Cruz? Uh, what do you know about this guy? How did do you know at this point how the two of them met? Uh, do you remember him back going back to when you were like five, six, or seven years old? What can you say about this guy known as Cruz? Cruz. Cruz, as a kid, was a scary monster. Hmm. Um, he was, his presence was terrifying. Um, my mom, from what I've heard, he was a customer at the Crazy Horse, and that's a strip club where she met him, where she worked. Um, they got married. My mom's still married to my father legally. She's also married to Cruz. Um, Cruz was very violent. Um, I don't remember any violence or anything towards me, okay. but I remember witnessing it on my mom um, to where we had to flee and hide in a big crowd. Wow. And so the two got married so she and you moved in with cruz so you moved from living with your grandmother to living with him no i it was like a visitation i would okay. visit and like have a sleepover okay. um but i always stayed with my grandma okay was it because uh that cruz was the way it was or is this something that your mother requested or I think my mom, I mean, I, I don't know, and I don't have anyone to ask, but I think it's just because my mom knew she couldn't take care of me. Okay. All right. And Cruz, uh, you know, my perception is that he was a bit older than, I believe than your so. Mother. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah, just look, seeing some pictures of him. Okay. So that's how they met. She's dancing. He's a customer. They strike up some sort of relationship and then they finally got married. I think that uh, you know, I've seen the, you can go on um, Clark County, Nevada is one of the few places in the country where they have site where you can just go and view anybody's marriage records and Camille and Cruz's, uh, marriage records are there. I think it was 1992, 1990. I believe so. And I mean, he even, he denies knowing her. So right, we're going to get into that. There's right. that. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually <laughs> that, right. We're going to get in. So they're married. She's living with him. You're still living with your, your grandmother. And these things are seeming, uh, seemingly uh, continuing. Uh, do you believe, uh, for example, I just have to ask, was Cruz pimping your mother out like that? Or was she doing this on your own? Or what, what was going on there? As much, you know, I think it's, you it's very possible that he could have been. Um, Okay. I mean, I, I, I believe she was doing it before him, mm -hmm. but with the violence that she endured from him, who's yeah. to say that he wasn't doing that to her? Of course. Okay. Let's move on to this. And uh, I want to make sure that we pronounce this uh, once again. It's, uh, I don't know if it's an official name that he has, but is it Kaiko or Kiko? Uh, how, how, how are we pronouncing his name? K-I-K-O. We just say Kiko. Um, we don't know, but his name is Francisco uh, Fernandez, I think. Right, but yeah, we call him Kiko. All right, Kiko. Um, of course, he's going to play a role here in a little bit when we talk about 
your mother's disappearance, but what have you learned about him, uh, Kiko? We should say Cruz is still alive to this day. Uh, what about Kiko? You know, what have you He's learned alive. about him or, you know, what, what was he doing at the time? Do you even know how the, these two met? I don't know how they met, um, but the last arrest on my mom's record, she was with him. Um, police were called by neighbors because they heard a woman screaming. When the police came, um, they found drugs. And even though they said in Spanish for Kiko, they arrested both of them. Um, mm -hmm. And so he he's so also very violent. So we 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 don't know much more about him other than what than the day that they got busted together. We don't know if they met like a week before, a month before, or do you know anything about that? Nope. No. Okay. And he denies. Um, he said that the last time he ever saw her was in 1985, which we didn't even live in Las Vegas, so that was a lie. All right, we'll come back to that when you when he actually had a chance to. Right, we'll setting that up for later all right so she and you moved to las vegas very rough time she marries cruz who is a bad guy uh violent guy scary guy you know criminal record etc of course she's making uh bad decisions including you know these men that are in her life and then at the time of her disappearance the last guy seemingly that she was with uh was this kiko guy but we're unsure you know, what relationship they had, how long they knew each other. We don't know anything about that. Right. Okay. Very good. Let's now move on to, uh, the disappearance and we're going to try to do this as best we can, because we also have this woman who's come to help you out in the 21st century, whose name is Gabrielle. And I'm interviewing her, uh, for everybody who's now listening and watching, I interview, I'm interviewing, Ashley on November 8th. I'm going to be interviewing Gabrielle tomorrow, November 9th. And so I'm going to have a chance to talk to her about some of these topics. But I would want to just treat it as before Gabrielle came along and got a lot of paperwork uh, about back at that time and since. What did you know until she came along about your mother's disappearance? What, what was like the on the record story before Gabrielle came along with the paperwork and everything about Kiko, et cetera? On the paperwork was that my mother was last seen walking in a something hundred block of Casino Center Boulevard or something mm -hmm. um, in May of 1994. In May. Of mm -hmm. 1994. So even though officially now here in uh, 2023, it's September. So there's quite a quite a bit of difference there. It's not like it's September, October. We have May of 1994, but now it's September. But that's pretty much all you knew is that in May of 1994, and Casino Center is kind of what we would call downtown Vegas. There's like Clark County, like the Strip. Casino Center is not more down toward like Fremont Street, uh, that area. And that's all you knew for yeah. all these years. Okay. And um, there were no like circumstances about why she was down there. Did she get dropped? It was just this last sighting. Did you even know who last saw her down there? No, it was just like 
a tip. A tip. Okay. Do you remember, I know you were seven. Do you remember at the time your mother going missing? What do you remember about that time? Is it something that your grandmother could even communicate to you? Did you understand what going missing meant in 1994? So my grandma wanted to move back to Chicago. I think that's something with Chicago because I've moved away and you just want to keep coming back. So my grandma wanted to try living out here again. And um, we drove cross country. We were here and we were living with my grandpa, my mom's dad. And um, my mom called and she told me to always be a good girl. And it, looking back, I looked back in respect and be like yeah you know but um looking back it was it sounded like a goodbye always be a good girl but I went back to watching my show and that was it and my grandma talked to her and um like a month or two later we we drove back to Las Vegas and then all of a sudden we were just looking for my mom and I mean that's how it went down in my seven-year-old brain Right. And you've told me uh, that, and I have it right here in the outline, that you can remember going with your grandmother to all of these different places where your mother would dance, these people, places that she knew that Camille hung out, asking, asking, asking if people had seen her. Right. You said yep. you remember that. Yeah. And I remember like specific locations. Like I remember one was by um, the Hard Rock. And then the other, the other one, which might've been the same one. Cause I, it's been a long time since mm -hmm. I've been back in Vegas, but yeah. the other one was by like the, I want to say the mall was called like Boulevard. The Boulevard mall. Sure. I know where yeah. that is. Uh, they're a little separate a little bit. Of course, uh, hard rock is like on paradise road. It's over there, like near the UNLV campus and the Boulevard mall is not, it's kind of in the general same area but uh, yeah okay the boulevard mall yeah i know where that is as well and you just remember going to those areas and your grandmother's of course she's lived there for some years she knows these areas asking about camille yeah it was like we would get random calls from people saying hey i i saw her here a day ago or an hour ago and my grandma would just say get in the car let's go and we would and i mean obviously they never were fruitful Mm -hmm. And so when would this have been, uh, like the, was it in 1994 that this happened that you drove back looking for her? Do you even remember, was this going back in like 1995 or do you even remember? We came back in 94 because I started second grade in Chicago and yes. then I continued second grade in Chicago or in Vegas. Oh, okay. Um, and we moved to a different area of Vegas cause we always lived in the same vicinity same like couple block radius um but this time we had moved i know the school i went to but i don't know the streets but we moved further away from downtown um okay. but i i just remember us looking but i i mean and because the weather there like here i can remember <laughs> that's seasons that's right it was that's always right. sunny when we were looking for her yeah, so imagine I had no that. Idea. yeah right Right. It's always about the same weather. It's either 110 degrees or 20 degrees or 25 or 30 degrees in Vegas. There's no in between. Yeah. 
having lived there, I know it snowed like six of the 13 winters that I spent there, but then the rest of the year, it's like 115 degrees. So, okay. So you're cruising around uh, looking for, I can't imagine, but I want to go back to something you said. So there were these leads, people like calling your grandmother or something, but you'd show up and they would, of course, none of these leads led anywhere. Right. Yeah. They, they would say she just left or it would be like, oh, we never saw her. What are you talking about? So. So were these people just doing, you think doing this on purpose? None of you don't, now that you look at it now, you don't think any of this was real. How do you view all of that now? Um, looking at it now, me being older than she was when she disappeared. Yeah. Um, she, she had a face that could pass for multiple different like ethnicities. Um, so I feel like it could be mistaken identity. Um, I know when I was little, I looked at every woman so hard. If you had brown hair, I was scanning you. So my mom, I mean, if, if you were to see my, my mom's pictures pregnant with me at her baby shower, mm-hmm. she looked like Jennifer Lopez, but then there's these other pictures where she looks like powder. So, I mean, there's so many different ways to describe her that mm-hmm. someone could glance and say, oh, that's her. So I don't know. I mean, but I also want to give people the benefit of the doubt because to me, this is not something you should mess with. You don't play right. with this. Right. So it's it's hard for me to say they did this on purpose to hurt someone or lead them astray. So do you even to this day, of course, you might not have understood this at the time. Do you know that were these like fellow dancers or were they like men that knew your mother? Or do, do you even know who these people were? Uh, you know, I others? don't know. All right. So you're cruising all over Vegas with your grandmother. You're being brought along maybe a lot of, maybe all the time. And your grandmother is doing the best she can to try to figure out where Camille is, of course. And of course, unfortunately it didn't lead anywhere, but I have to ask you this. Once you two got back to Las Vegas, uh, I'm guessing that you maybe went, she went to see Cruz first. And now that we can bring them back into this, discussion what did he have to say uh you know to your grandmother when maybe they the two encountered each other once you were back in vegas do you know i don't remember my grandma meeting up with him or anything i wouldn't put it past her right um because she would go up against anyone and probably win and make a grown man cry Okay, so we don't know if that actually happened in 1994, but we do know, as you say, it stated later, he denied ever even knowing her. Yeah, and that was Gabby reaching oh, out to him. Okay, all right, and we'll, okay, so I, I understand that now. So in 1994-95, we're not sure if Cruz got asked about this or not, maybe he did, but you just don't know about it. Is it at that point when your grandmother went back to to Vegas that a missing persons report was found? What can you say about Las Vegas Metro, the paperwork, you know, in the 1990s? Um, 
I think my grandma waited a little bit um, before she filed it. And then um, that was it. And then Ellen called her like seven years later just to see how my mom was or something. Like she wanted to reconnect. And that's when my grandma said she had been missing. And then we found out, or Ellen found out by calling the police department that the missing persons report was closed out and stated as unfounded. Um, so Ellen filed a new one. So it got opened and then somehow it got closed. Yeah, they said that uh, it's in the like, little tiny print mm -hmm. i can't remember off the top of my head but it just said something like unfounded do not believe this person is missing endangered okay it's very interesting uh i don't know if i had this conversation with somebody recently i talked to a lot of people but this happened in another disappearance uh that i covered in las vegas chris turner from 2016 he went missing his remains were eventually found i'm still open to the idea maybe that there was foul play but people convinced Metro that he was still alive and they closed uh, the case and it took his mother a couple of years to get it reopened. So um, it seems Metro was still doing things like 20 years after the same link thing, like 20 years after your mother went missing. It's very unfortunate. Okay. So they open it, they close it. She, then they reopen it again. Uh, of course, she's still missing, and you go into the 2000s with this very, very general story. Somebody saw her in Casino Center Boulevard, and that was about it. Who knows? And it was in May. So now let's just go move up to this. How did uh, Gabrielle, and of course, like I said, I haven't spoken to Gabrielle yet. I'm interviewing tomorrow so we can get her you know, point of view of all this, but we're going to just talk about your point of view. Talk about how Gabrielle came into your life regarding all of this. So um, I've always been very open about my mom and the story, and I share it usually around her birthday. Um, and now that true crime has become more popular and not like a hush-hush thing, um, whereas before um, in my teenage years and when the internet was first ramping up, it was just like, web sleuths that was pretty much it yeah um so my friend messaged me on facebook and said um i emailed one of my podcasts that i listened to about your mom's story i hope that's okay um what's your email so i can forward it to you so um she forwarded it to me for me to just read it and um i noticed at the bottom um, all the way at the bottom of the email, it had a Reddit and usually since the internet, um, yeah. I've every six months or so, I would just Google my mom's name just to see what would come up. Mm -hmm. And this was an article I had never seen and I read it and it was thorough and factual and just well-written and it, it, it blew me away. So I commented on it saying, Thank you so much. Um, mm -hmm. It means a lot to me that you're you're out here doing this, and your information is super accurate. So thank you mm -hmm. for that too. And her and I just talked a lot back and forth, and somehow 
it she just wanted to help more and it lit a fire under my butt and she's just she she's like a pit bull she's huh. she goes at it uh -huh. she's amazing so what year would this have been approximately that this uh you two became acquainted i believe it was 2017. all right so fairly recently with uh you know within the last six years uh okay and so this was on reddit and where did she get this very accurate information uh just doing work on her own or, or she what, pulls what um she pulls a lot of newspaper articles and stuff um so i believe it was through that and just like reading and looking at articles and piece things together mm -hmm. okay and probably the of course, she's done a lot, and like I said, we're gonna. I'm gonna talk to her one on one here and ask her, you know, specifically a lot of about the way she works, how she goes about her business, and want to talk about if she's ever been involved in any other disappearances, what else she's working on. But probably the biggest point was that something about we we've already covered is that she found some information that adds more context to that casino center story. Why don't we go over what you've already stated before about this bust and everything? Why don't we, why don't you uh, tell the listeners about this? This is something that Gabrielle discovered. That my mother did not go missing in May of 94, that she went, she was last arrested with Kiko Mm -hmm. um in September of 94 and it was between her being released from jail and her court arraignment on I believe September 26th of 94 somewhere in that time period is actually when she went missing okay and see this makes a lot of sense this starts to make more sense because what is on Casino Center Boule Casino Center Boulevard to this day is the Clark County Detention Center so if she got busted and then she got out the next day, it makes all the sense in the world. Where would she be walking? She would be walking on Casino Center Boulevard. And that would then lead, of course, they got the month wrong, but that would then put a little context there of where Casino Center comes from. Of course, the problem is we don't know where still where she went after Casino Center Boulevard. I have to ask you this. Do you have any information about what happened to Kiko? Seemingly, she gets out fairly quickly because it was actually his drugs and everything. Do we know we have any paperwork as to how long he was in jail or did he get let out the next day too? Do we know? I believe Gabby requested the records and Metro wanted like three or four hundred dollars for them. Of course they so, did. Yeah, yeah, of course they did. Okay. All right. So this is a, a big piece of information. Uh, how did you react? Uh, when did that, first of all, when did that piece of information get exposed and how did you react to it? Uh, I remember it too. Um, I cried like a baby um, because it changed my whole thought process to be told your whole life your mom went missing in May and every May you're sad yeah. Yeah. because your mom disappeared that month to find out it never happened. Then mm -hmm. it, it made me question everything that happened. 
um, right. made me question even my memories. Um, like, is, what's real? Um, and we didn't quite know how to read the like docket, mm. um, like the hearing minutes, whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah. Um, so I reached out to a couple friends who, um, one's a detective, one's a former detective, um, one's a police officer, and um, they explained it. And then also the police officer or detective on my mom's case explained it, but she missed the arraignment hearing. And that's how we know that's the missing dates because my mom had had a history of never ever missing a court date. All right, and just to set that up again, September 3rd is this day where she was last seen. Approximately three weeks later, she's supposed to show up in court. She doesn't show up for that court date. And so sometime in there is the accepted time that she went missing. It very well could be that she didn't go missing to September 10th or 11th or something like that. But surely before this September 26th, something happened. Correct. Something happened. Okay, so that was a big uh, piece of the puzzle. Let's move on to this. Uh, you've already stated it was actually Gabrielle who got to speak to Cruz. When did this happen? How did this happen? Uh, I'll, of course, ask her as well, but I want to hear it from you, your reaction to it. I want to say it was in the last, since I had the baby, so two years. Okay. It's in the, in the, in the past two years. Um, okay. And he... She talked to his most recent wife, maybe ex-wife, not mm -hmm. sure. Okay. And um, and then she talked to Cruz, and Cruz denied ever knowing her. Um, no idea what we're talking about. So the wife sent Gabby the marriage certificate, and Gabby matched the signatures. And she's like, it is him. Yeah. Like, but he, he denies it tooth and nail denies it. Okay. And this is a situation where he's married to your mother and they never got divorced. So he got married to another woman also, uh, without yeah. right and there in Clark County again for like your wife goes missing, but you never get questioned. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. Did uh, this wife that Gabrielle contacted, did she even seem to have any knowledge that your mother ever existed? She had no idea. She had no idea. So while these two were married, this next marriage, Cruz never mentioned Camille about the disappearance, about them living together, about you, nothing. Not a thing. Wow. She was blown away and um, more than helpful to Gabby, she she tried to um, help Gabby with questions. I'm trying to be careful because I don't, Cruz is a very scary person yeah. and I don't want anything to happen to her either. Okay, I understand that, okay. Uh, but she did actually end up talking to Cruz like on the phone. This wasn't in person, this was over the phone or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he just totally denied uh, knowing Camille at all. Uh, did he even say something to the effect of, I think you have the wrong guy, anything like that? I think he did. Um, <laughs> okay. oh, I, God. and then, um, I think I know that because Gabby 
sent me a like lineup and she was like, Hey, do you see someone that looks like Cruz here? And he's so ingrained in my brain that I picked him right out. And she goes, yeah, that's him. So I did the same thing to my aunt, which is my mom's brother's ex-wife. And, um, I sent her a bunch of pictures of guys and she picked him right out too. And she said, she'd never forget his face because he and my mother had slept on her living room floor before. Where did this information come from uh, that Gabe, Gabrielle got about, uh, you know, this this bust and everything else? Where did this come from? What information? Uh, the information regarding Kiko and Gabrielle getting busted for these drugs. Was that in, was this like Las Vegas Metro information? Oh, Kiko and my mom. Yeah. Um, that was in police records. Okay. Uh, Gabby requested like all of them about mm -hmm. my mom okay. um, and it took a while to get them because of redactions and stuff yeah um but yeah she she went through them okay. line by line okay uh, i should ask you any other revelation surprises within the, of course this is, in my opinion sounds like the biggest one any other things that that jump out to you of any other paperwork that had to do with your mother that gabby was able to get yeah, one of the ones was, um, and we thought it would have been a really good lead, um, but come to find out it wasn't because they arrested my mom under an alias and she's in the system as an alias. Huh. We contacted that alias name and well, and by we, I mean, Gabby. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, the lady said she was in Vegas, her ID got stolen and that was it. And so my mom was arrested under this name and has wow. records under this name. Wow. And so like the person that she was with, that she got arrested with on that night, we can't find any information because that was also probably an alias. So that, that was a big one for us. Okay. Because we thought All we right. were getting somewhere and then it was like dead ends. Right. This is a situation that she stole a woman's purse at what Treasure Island or something? Was that was that the location or I don't know. Okay. I just remember some I remember you told me something about Treasure Island. Oh, that was when my mom had me hide in the crowd right, during the right. pirate show. Right. Now I remember. Right. Okay. So she got this ID somehow. She eventually got busted for something. She's under uh, an alias. I guess this does open the idea to, could it be that she ended up using a different alias after she got out of the detention center too? I guess, I guess that's maybe possible or something. So maybe we have to think about that. If she was skilled at stealing people's identifications before like identity theft became a thing here in the 21st century. All right, so Gabby um, tracks uh, crews down. He claims doesn't know anything about Camille. What about Kiko? Um, being that this big revelation about them being together the day before her disappearance or the day that started her disappearance, um, able to track him down. What did he say about Camille here in the last six years? He was very aggressive, um, screamed and yelled at Gabby and um said 
he, he admitted to knowing my mom and said the last time he saw her was she was standing with Cruz in 1985 with luggage. 1985. Yeah. Whereas you two didn't even move to Vegas until <laughs> what year was it? 94. 94. No, sorry. We moved there <laughs> when I was three. So 1990. 1990. So he's claiming he saw your mother in Vegas five years before she was ever there. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, of course, given that I have a lot of experience uh, talking about addicts and people like that, do you think he meant 1995 or, or how do you, I mean, I, just because he got the year wrong doesn't mean the story is untrue. Uh, what do you think about that? I never thought of it that way. What, I mean, my personal take on it, because I don't know the guy, was mm -hmm. just he's pulling things out of anywhere to deflect. Right. right. But I mean, it, once we, that was years before we had talked to Cruz. So for me, at least he owned up to knowing her, whereas Cruz being married to her denied ever knowing her and that to me says a lot more right and what year uh i should ask you again just so we're clear on this what year was it that kiko uh stated this was this just within this last six years or, or when it was within the last six years yeah all right so it's interesting to me that all these years later surely he's not been asked about your mother for years and years and years but when he is asked about her, he brings up Cruz's name. Yeah. So obviously back in 1994, he knew about Cruz one yeah. way or the other. He knew that whether Camille was married to him or something, has it ever been established that Cruz and Kiko knew each other for some other reason than just having your mother in common? Did they maybe... Um, involved in illegal activity together anything like that any proof of that what do you think that i don't know okay i have to admit my experience of over 300 disappearances now it almost kind of makes me believe it's true that you know if he's saying that he last saw camille with cruz even though he got the year wrong that he would just poop, pull cruz's name right out of the hat like over 20 years later is you know it might lend me to believe the problem is it's hard determining is that really the last time he saw her is that just one of the times that right he saw her? yeah know, that that would be uh the tough part i guess what we're also saying here is that over the years uh maybe i'll ask you this when you got to speak or you or gabby got to speak to kiko was he even aware that she was still missing that Ka Ka camille was still missing was he aware of that do you think that I don't know. Gabby might know. Um, All right. And I'm going to ask. I, I don't know. I'm going to ask her. All right. Um, but we also have to be clear that he never volunteered this information about them being busted or anything like that. Right. Somebody Correct. had to yeah. come to him. Somebody had to come to him about it. Okay. And what is, uh, what has he done with his life since, uh, 1994, uh, long criminal history. Do you know? Yeah. Long criminal history in and out of jail. That's, that's it. Okay. What about Cruz? Uh, what has he done with his life since 1994? I have it in my notes that shortly after all this, he moved to Utah, but maybe you want to talk a little bit about that 
And we know that he had got another wife, but what has he done with his life in the, all, the last 29 years? He's committed a whole lot of violence, murder, attempted murder, um, kidnapping, uh, torture. Oh my God. He's, he's a peach. Wow. Um, all right. And uh, when you say, did he actually murder somebody or, or was it attempted murder or what? What are the circumstances? Was it some woman that he was dating or married to or or what? Do you know? I want to say. Listeners should know we're doing this at a, a late hour. That's that's fine. Please continue, Ashley. Um, I want to say there was a murder and an attempted murder. I don't know if the attempted murder was the situation with the woman where he kidnapped and tortured her. And told her he's killed and he will kill again or can kill again. Um, I, I don't know if any of those are intertwined with each other in one way or another. I know one of them was a like five or ten dollar drug deal and he like sliced the guy's throat. Oh man. Okay, so he's a violent guy. Uh, Kiko, you said he has a criminal record, a lot of violence, or is it mainly? drug stuff uh from what you remember very violent also violent kiko violent cruise violent yeah okay um you learned uh this uh story about cruise going to utah is this something that gabby found out or is this something you knew before that or is this something maybe your mother discovered back in 1994 do you remember the Moving to Utah, um, that was uncovered by Gabby. I knew there was like mm -hmm. an attempted murder or a murder. Mm -hmm. I believe I learned that from Ellen when I first started talking to her when I was like 18. Um, but I didn't know where it happened. So Gabby's the one that traced him to Utah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And did he ever, so this is where a lot of this bad stuff then happened in Utah. I believe the, the woman and the murder or attempted murder, the slicing the guy's throat. I believe yeah. that was Utah as well. Okay. All right. Um, now this is where I do a little talking. Uh, Given that I've lived in Las Vegas for 13 and a half years and I had a job between like 2005 and 2009 where I did a lot of driving around uh, Las Vegas, North Las Vegas, Summerlin, Henderson, you know, all around that area. Um, just want to explain some things, kind of give the, you know, the geography to everybody. Casino Center, uh, 300 block of Casino Center is what we would call, you know, going toward the downtown area. Have you ever seen the Fremont Street Experience Canopy? Casino Center runs like right by that. And uh, I used to drive on Casino Center when I had a job at the Plaza, which is at the one far in the western end of the Fremont Street Experience. What I did in preparing and uh, regarding Camille's disappearance and studying up as I always do, I did look up where Cruz was living at the time of this disappearance, of Camille's disappearance. I also looked up where Kiko uh, was living and where he and Camille got busted. 
And really, if we're to believe that she was on the 300 block of Casino Center the last time she was seen, neither of those locations is very far away at all. And uh, one is where Kiko was, was on, uh, was on Paradise Boulevard, like the 2100 block of Paradise. And that is only like a mile and a half from 300 block of Casino Center. Now, the interesting thing, though, is before you get to Kiko's place, you would have gotten to where Cruz was living first. So Cruz was living, and if we're to believe Camille was still living with him, is actually closer to the 300 block of Casino Center before Paradise Boulevard is. So if she was walking, let's just say, back to Kiko's place, she would actually just about have to pass where Cruz was to get there. Now, if you're all wondering, well, what's this mean? This is kind of, if you've ever seen the movie Pawn or the show Pawn Stars, this is that area of Las Vegas. Pawn Stars, where their store is, is kind of about halfway between where Camille was last seen and where these other locations are. Just to give you an idea, she would have had to have gone very close to where that building was. And I think Pawn Stars, that story existed way back there in 1994. Just to give everybody an idea of what we're talking about. We're talking about a very concentrated area, even though Las Vegas uh, is especially now a big place. But even in 1994, it was starting uh, to really build up. Okay, let's move on to this. Uh, as far as NamUs goes, of course, she went missing before NamUs was ever created. Uh, does Do the police or the NamUs or whatever, do they have like DNA in their database? Has that ever been taken from you or, or your mother regarding, um, you know, just in case remains, uh, dare I say, you know, remains are found? Yeah, I'm. Uh, my DNA is in there. Um, uh, so is my grandpa's, and mm -hmm. um, I also submitted my like DNA because I I did the um, ancestry, and okay. so I was able to submit my genealogical profile to like Gene Tree or something like that. Yeah, for the same kind of purposes. Okay. All right. So the DM, what, what year was that? That I submitted it? Yeah. Or that I submitted it with the police department? Yeah, or the that police. I How long it? is either the official, we know we have these other 23 and me's, but the official name is, when was that done? Uh, 2011. All right. So it's been a while. So yeah. 12 years ago. Okay. Very good. Let's move on to this. Of course, uh, you were seven years old. Uh, you were, you were raised by whom? My grandma, my mom's mom. Okay. And this has happened back in Chicago. When I was seven. Yeah. After your mother went missing, you were raised by your grandmother and you were raised in Las Vegas. You were raised in Chicago. Where were you raised? Um, I was raised in Vegas from three till 12 by my grandma. Okay. Okay. And then um, 12 to shortly before my 18th birthday, I lived with my father. In Chicago. Okay. And when, so you would have been 12 years old. So there was actually a time there when you and I lived in Vegas at the same time. Yeah. When did, so you left in like what, 99? I did. Yep. July. Wow. July of 99. That was a good summer for me in, in Las Vegas. I mean, it, uh, it wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I, I realized that. Okay. 
it's very interesting to me that, uh, like I said, we were like two ships passing in the night. I lived there for a little over a year. You were there and then, then you left and here we are in 2023, uh, talking. And, uh, of course I was not involved in missing persons cases at all while I lived in Las Vegas. Uh, but I do remember another disappearance that we've talked about, Jesse Foster, who went missing while I was there that has been featured on Unfound. So you moved back to Chicago eventually with your grandmother. And did it take you becoming 18 to start being curious about your mother's disappearance or longer? What made the decision that, you know, you wanted to take this on? Because, you know, a lot of kids don't, as I've learned. Well, my grandma, she stayed in Vegas. I moved oh, okay, by myself. Okay. okay. Um, what, what spiked it was social media had just started, really, uh, MySpace. Yep. And emails more. And I got into contact with my mom's best friend. And she won, she had found a pro bono attorney who had helped me fight for my mom's social security, because even though I was just a little over 18, yeah, she, I, I should have gotten that. And, right. um, I was 18 and I was living on my own wow. and there was other things I just kept doing. So I was very flighty and wouldn't respond. Um, so yeah, that never happened, but I was able to meet her um, and meet other people from my mom's past. So that was cool, but it wasn't until, um, social media blew up more because I've stayed in contact with her this whole time, but now like I interact with her every day in, in one way or another. So it, it was really her that jump-started it, but yeah. because of moving around a lot and for a long time, I was a single mom. It, it was always on the back burner. Um, and it would spike up every once in a while where I would try to do some work on trying to find my mom, like get answers. Um, yes. But it wasn't until Gabby that it's been like, wow. like just clockwork. We're, we're, I'm not as good at working on it as much with a baby and my whole life, teenager. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. Huh. <laughs> But uh, I, I try my best, but right. now it's more working on it instead of just like every six months to a year glance at it. Mm -hmm. How did your grandmother feel when, you know, you got to be old enough to start doing this? How did you two have a long talk about? Because she, of course, she did all that she could back in 1994 at that time. And here you are becoming a young woman and now you're doing it. Did you have a conversation about that? She didn't know that I was doing it. No. Um, when I last saw her in 2011, mm -hmm. um, I noticed she wasn't doing as great. Oh. Um, and I noticed signs of dementia, oh, no. um, which five to 10 years later, she got diagnosed with, but, um, yeah, so we didn't, we didn't talk about my mom at all. Wow. Okay. All right. Um, what's this, uh, I got asked, what's this, uh, it sounds, you know, I, I have to admit my experience, 300 
plus disappearances for somebody to come along and i'm going to talk to gabby of course for somebody to come along you know over 20 years later who you don't even know i mean that was kind of a godsend if you believe in that type of thing you know to is that something you ever could have predicted you're doing your work on your own then all of a sudden this woman's coming out of nowhere and you know and working with you and you could of course you could trust her which is so important uh is that something you ever could have imagined never in a million years um i say gabby is a godsend an angel all the time um mm -hmm. she is everything i could have ever have asked for and more and if there's any chance of answers about my mom and what happened ever being found i will put it all on gabby because i guarantee mm. if answers come it's because gabby found it out or she led to whoever to find it or whatever because she is my miracle wow okay and at least uh i'm not talking to Ramar, but for everybody else you're going to be all every uh, everybody else is going to be hearing uh from her in this recording in just a few minutes uh right now uh ashley why don't you talk about if there's a website or a facebook page anything like that regarding your mother's disappearance why don't you let the listeners know about it right now so we have a website um which gabby built as well because she can do everything and the website i believe is findcamille.com mm -hmm. and then we have the facebook page which is camille dardanes dotson hyphen missing person um and the going back to the website the website yeah. is very thorough it has it the is. list of locations maps pictures articles everything we come across we post well gabby posts so and it's nice being able to see that timeline and the the map of the places she's worked places she's been seen places she's lived it's it's incredible right yeah it's a solid website it's probably one of the best uh, we don't, you know, uh, these days, maybe families don't have his websites. That might've been a thing that was more popular, maybe 10, 15 years ago with the, with the, uh, of course the comeuppance or not the comeuppance, the rising, of Facebook. It seems like people just find it easier to do that. I really believe that people should have their own websites, more control. And, you know, you can do a lot more things with your own website, of course, especially if somebody knows what to do. But yes, I would say that the website you have for your mother is one of the best that I've seen, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, any final words before we complete this interview, Ashley, and I move on to speaking to Gabby? Um, just to, if anyone has even the slightest bit of hey, maybe it could be this, like the tiniest little tip, mm -hmm. an idea. Uh, we, we're open to everything. Um, someone out there knows something. And the older this case is getting, the closer I'm getting to never getting answers because everyone will be dead. So 
any shred of information that could be helpful to us. Right. Yeah, this is a disappearance that's 29 years old now. I guess, fortunately, if we're to suspect either Kiko or Cruz, luckily they're still alive. Granted, uh, they're not saying much and they're not being helped for anything, but if they're considered, considered to be a couple of the best suspects, at least uh, they're alive. If there are any developments, if something happens. And uh, Ashley, I appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And that ends my interview with Ashley Dardanes Padilla, daughter of Camille Dardanes. Please now go to part two of Unfound's coverage. You will find it on your podcast app feed. As I interview Gabrielle, who was mentioned extensively by Ashley in this episode. You've been listening to Unfound.